everybody. Good morning and welcome back. Thanks for joining us on a very special Valentine's Day episode. You know it's a story as old as time. Boy meets girl. They fall madly in love with one another. Boy receives huge push from the front office, wins championship gold, and they ride off into the sunset to live happily ever after. You know, it's amazing that Hallmark hasn't capitalized on that kind of storyline, but as wrestling fans, it's something we're all too familiar with, the saga of the on-screen couple. And we've sat front row for some of the best, but for every Randy and Liz, we've had to endure the agony and the pain of a Kane and Katie Vick storyline. We're going to cover them all today. We're going to talk about the best and worst on-screen couples of all time on this Valentine's Day episode of 80s Wrestling the Podcast. My name is Jumpin' Jay, and as always, I sit across from the New Jersey Cupid. Don't call him the hammer. It's Mr. Valentine to you. We're talking about the Confather, Tommy Fierro. Tommy, good morning, brother. What is going on? Jumpin' Jay, good morning. Happy Valentine's Day to you. Happy Valentine's Day to all the listeners around the world. One day removed. Uh, how was your Valentine's Day, Jumpin' Jay? Did you have any? Uh, did you have any big plans? And, and, and more importantly, I want to know where you got the misses for Valentine's Day. You know, we had we actually had a very nice Valentine's Day. The kids were at school, so we had all day to kind of just be together so it was very nice yeah we went out to a nice lunch together i got her some flowers we you know we spent the day we ran some errands no complaints from uh mrs jumping jay yesterday how about you tommy how was your big day oh jumping jay you know uh, luckily uh i caught a couple of breaks for valentine's day because you know i'm, I'm catholic and i'm i go to church all the time so it was you know it was, it was ash wednesday so I, yes it was can eat meat you can't eat meat on Ash Wednesday, so I went from going from a eighty dollars steakhouse to a heart shaped <laughs> pizzeria, which was very generous on my wallet. And also on Wednesdays too, my my daughter is in dance school, so they had a, a Valentine's party, so we just went to the pizzeria. So luckily, between the Valentine's party at my daughter's dance school and it being Ash Wednesday. I put a little extra in the kitty for some uh, more Coliseum videos when they come into the shop. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, that's definitely uh, a big win there. Um, and big episode today, man. We're talking all about the best and worst on-screen couples. You know, when you think of pro wrestling, you don't normally think of the word love, but it's been an it's been in and out of the storylines ever since I can remember. And so today, you know, we're going to talk about the times that it, it worked and the times that it didn't, Tommy. And uh, I'm interested to hear your take on this as, as a wrestling fan, what you think of when they try to uh, bring love into the storylines. I'll tell you what, man. Like you said, it's, it's storytelling 101, right? Uh, a guy falls in love with a girl. Girl falls in love with the guy. Uh, they're hanging out with the best friend. The best friend catches feelings for the girl, and we're off to the races, right? I mean, it happened with the Macho Man. It happens with a lot of uh, uh, in real life. It happens every day. So, in 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 the angles that get over the most are the ones that we can relate the most to, right? So, anyone can relate to your best friend, you know, trying to hit on your girl or pick up your girl. Like that Macho Man, Hulk Hogan, Elizabeth. Uh, I, I'll say. 
right? That's the greatest of all time as far as uh, the on-air couples, Macho Man and Elizabeth, um, in my opinion, a million percent. And I'm not even thinking about uh, all the countless other ones out there. There's probably tons and tons, but that strikes me the most just because of that whole saga with the mega powers explode. And uh, that that's the, the great, one of the greatest angles of all time. And, and it's all because of that aspect we're talking about in today's show. Yeah, you know, last week we talked about the best heel champion ever. And everybody kind of said, there's Ric Flair, and then there's everybody else. And we talked about everybody else. On today's episode, I feel like there's Randy and Liz, and then there's everybody else who we kind of compare to that. But I'm interested to see what the listeners remember, what the listeners come up with as we share our favorite moments and memories from on-screen couples. And I'm telling you, man, it, it, it can't be said that, that listeners to this podcast don't have a heart. Because I'm telling you, man, the calling line, the slam line, it's already jam-packed. People are, are ready to talk about this topic. So it's time to hear from the sensitive side of the 80s wrestling podcast listener. And we're going to start it out with a man who, listen, got married not too long ago. He announced it on this very show. It's time to connect with the West Coast Doctor of Love, it's Babyface Brian. Brian, good morning, sir. Welcome back to the show. Good morning, Jay, and uh, good morning, Tommy. Hope you guys are both doing well. Um, good morning. I'll, I'll just, I, hey, I'll echo what Tommy and uh, and Jay have said. Uh, Randy and Liz, that's uh, that's by far my top couple in wrestling. Um, you couldn't do that. Uh, some of that storyline today, the. Uh, early on borderline abusive uh, macho man with Liz where he almost got to the point where he was, it seemed like he was going to hit her or something in some of those promos. And, but uh, at the time it was, it was played to perfection. Uh, Randy, you know, pushing her in front of him and, and hiding behind her in matches to, to attack an opponent when they, when they turn their back, even the slightest, um, to, to keep it fairly brief, I'll, I'll just say that my least favorite was, was getting Hulk involved with Liz, where she would just manage Hulk as a uh, mm. as a singles wrestler, and you know obviously set up WrestleMania five and the Maker Powers exploding, but but that was kind of the one that bugged me at the time probably the most. Um, the one of the the more fun pairings was Honky Tonk with Peggy Sue, where if, if people were seeing them at a house show, would it be Sherry or would it be Jimmy Hart in the role of uh, of Peggy Sue, and then um, <laughs> Current and currently, I, I like uh, Roddy's uh, daughter Teal Piper with Deimos, the uh, House of Heathens, uh, on that on that independent circuit. But uh, Tommy, you've got a couple of different couples in ISPW. If I'm not mistaken, both uh, Crowbar and uh, Ray Kalitri uh, are, are paired up with their uh, off-screen, on-screen uh, girlfriends slash wives. Uh, who who would you say is the power couple or your favorite couple in ISPW, Tommy? Well, I, listen, I, you're putting me on the spot. I don't want to say, and you're right, both of those uh, are. I don't want to say one and not the other, but I I, I enjoy both of them uh, very much together. Uh, real quick, I want I want to bring up a point you just said, uh, talking about you know Macho Man Elizabeth, the best one, and what would be your worst one? So, and I'm not talking about current stuff. So. If you had to say from 1985 to 1995, let's get a 10-year window there. Uh, actually, it doesn't happen. It can be, it can be whatever you want. 
What's one that just didn't hit right for you? Jay at the top of the program said Kane and, and Katie Vick. I mean, there's Mark Henry and May Young. And there's a lot of them. What, what would be your personal – and anyone on hold right now, come up with your favorite one and your least favorite one because I definitely want to hear your least favorite one as well. So what do you, what do you got for that one, Babyface Brian? Oh, you know, Hogan Liz, but uh, to a lesser extent, I wasn't – I don't know. I just couldn't get into Dusty Rhodes and Sapphire. I, it just seemed like a little bit of silliness, although looking back, she was a true life, huge fan, so I'm, I love that they got her involved in the business. It was a little sad that, that uh, you know, breaking them up kind of uh, soured her on it a bit. And then, um, and then you know, the – having George wrestle against Savage in a in a match for Elizabeth when they had her up in the uh like a lifeguard's chair up watching the match. Um that that kind of stuff bugged me a little. And uh and like I say, the, the kind of fun one, uh Jimmy uh being in the role of Peggy Sue, but even that kinda of bugged me at the time. I liked it much better when Sherry was in was in the uh in the ring there. And off screen I guess the one that probably caused the most trouble was probably Sam Houston and Baby Doll. But uh, you know, as far as uh, uh, causing heat with uh, with the different guys, them making out on on planes in NWA, and and uh, maybe Sam Houston getting pushed down the card because of uh, uh, flaunting that in front of the other guys. When I believe Baby Doll was on screen uh, managing guys like Dusty Rhodes or or Tully Blanchard or whatnot. Very knowledgeable, babyface Brian, on the on the topic of love and wrestling. Uh, it's amazing. You're naming ones that I didn't even think about in preparation for this show, but I expect nothing else from the walking encyclopedia man. Uh, thank yes. you so much for yes. kicking off this episode of the best and worst on-screen couples in wrestling, man. Yeah, no, and um, uh, one more thing. I'm just hoping that uh, the 49ers are the uh, – Cody Rhodes and Brock Purdy is the Cody Rhodes of the NFL, and, <laughs> and uh, this this year's disappointment will, will lead to next year's finishing the story. Hey, um, listen, man, real, 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 real quick, they played a hell of a game, and it, and, and and they went into overtime, and it was listen, I was at the edge of my chair, and I was actually thinking of you, man. I was actually going to text you, and I forgot. But very, very amazing season for your team, man. You have nothing to be embarrassed or ashamed about those guys are amazing and i guarantee you that they're going to be super bowl champions in the in the upcoming future 100 percent. i hope so the the football gods are not on their side seven fumbles the chiefs record mm. you know re- recover six of them and uh and then losing losing one of their best defenders early on and you know the, the, the game kind of flipped the switch there that muffed punt was a killer so or that punt off the foot. So it, it, they didn't so have luck on their side. In other words, you're just making excuses for your team then is what you're saying, right? Oh, I'm just saying they had the the most unlucky Super Bowl you could possibly have. And then <laughs> next year, next year, hopefully they'll, they'll uh, flip the script. So yeah, thanks man. again they're, for, they're uh, an awesome, for having me on. They're an awesome organization, man. All right, man. Uh, you guys have a great rest of the show. And thanks as always. Take care, you guys. Hey, you too. Thank you so much, Brian. Yeah, there's excuses, but then there's reasons. I feel like Brian was just explaining reasons, Tommy, as to why the Super Bowl went the way it did. He didn't even bring up the Taylor (laughs) Swift conspiracy. So I don't think it was excuses. I think it was reasons. But uh, let me me, real quick, before we go to the next call, let's talk real briefly about that, that Taylor Swift situation. 
Dude, sure. she was the whole the whole game, right? The whole game she might have been, and I'm sure it's been documented somewhere. I don't know the number, but that whole game she might have been on screen for two minutes the entire time, and the whole world goes up in an uproar. Man, it's it's listen, it's nothing but haters. When someone's on top like that, no matter what you say, what you do, someone's always going to hate on you, man. But I think it's ridiculous. People really got to get a life. If they're that worried about her being on screen two minutes for a five-hour, four-hour thing, the girl's one of the most popular people in the world. Of course, they're going to show her on screen a couple times. But she didn't take anything away from the game, and uh, I just think people need to get a life. No, I think you're right about that. I mean, the, the Super Bowl draws all sorts of celebrities, so she definitely wasn't the only celebrity in the house. And they did not show her an overwhelming amount of times, like you said. But if you are a conspiracy theorist, you would probably come up with a suggestion that it's better for the NFL that the Chiefs won rather than the 49ers, partly based on the association with the superstar Taylor Swift. But we don't have to go down conspiracy road uh, today with the NFL. But uh, we do have to go down the road of best and worst on-screen couples. Brian kicked it off with some very good ones. We're going to keep the conversation rolling. Uh, we're going to go to what I believe is the Paris of the United States. We're going to Boston to check in with our man, Matt, the city of love. Matt, what's going on this morning, brother? Good morning. Good morning. What a, what a wonderful day to be talking about love. It's, it's bright and sunshiny for once. There's no snow or rain falling. Perfect, perfect day for, for this topic. Um, so, so I'll kind of jump right in and say, you know, I, I think one of my least favorite ones when I had to kind of just, you know, think about this was um, Kess and Stephanie McMahon. I, I never mm. got it. I never thought it was interesting. I, I didn't really, I didn't really understand the pairing. However, it was clearly a vehicle to get to a couple that I really did enjoy, which was Steph and and Hunter. Um, the the McMahon Helmsley era, uh, I just I, I thought it was great. I loved the storyline. I loved the couple. I you know I I, I thought that was kind of great. So so hey, while my least favorite one, yeah. Oh yeah, do your least favorite one. Then then I have a point to bring up for what you just. I see. Let me say it right now. That, that way it doesn't that. The, uh, so what what you just said about Tess and Stephanie, I agree with you. It, it wasn't one of my favorites either. But if you look back on the history of that. And during that time frame, I believe that is when Triple H and Stephanie just started working together, right? So, like, if that never happened, if that test Stephanie storyline never happened, I wonder if Triple H and Stephanie still would have got together because they were working on a one-on-one basis nonstop at that time, right? So I'm wondering if that test Stephanie McMahon angle – never came about and Triple H and Stephanie didn't come an on air couple and started working together and communicating together all the time. I wonder if the end result would still be what it is right now. So it's an interesting tidbit I think. Yeah. And and you know, I'd love to know and you know, there's probably only a handful of people that could ever say for sure, but was the was the test Stephanie on screen angle conceived as a way to get to Hunter Stephanie? Or were they already down that road and then the hunter angle was, was thought up and said, geez, we could pivot and here's how we could do it pretty, you know, in, in a pretty good way. 
I, we may never know the answer to that, but yeah, I, I, I'd agree with you. Getting getting to the McMahon Helmsley era um, was was pretty great. Um, so that that was you know one of my least favorite led into one of my favorites. Um, and two other quick ones I just want to mention. You know, when thinking about this topic, I thought about you know whatever what what really makes a great on screen couple. And and really one of the the main things I was able to come up with is what what does the what does the non wrestler what do they contribute and how do they help elevate the actual person in the ring, the, 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 uh, the wrestler. And I came up with gold dust and Marlena, I think was, was one of my favorites because I think she added so much to that presentation. Uh, the director's chair and sitting at ringside, smoking the cigar and her outfits and they matched. And I, I just thought, you know, she added so much. And then when she did get physical, um, it was it was very infrequent, but it it always meant something. Um, the the angle with with Pillman was just was such money, such money. Um, and so I, I really liked the pairing, and I thought she brought a lot to that whole um, ensemble. Um, and so and the second one I, I would mention, and sort of in the same vein, is um, Sensational Sherry and Shawn Michaels. And I, in that one, I don't know that they ever said on screen that they're a couple, but but it's obviously implied in her her infatuation with with HBK and she just is clearly in love with him. Um, and I thought she also brought so much and just leveled him up as he's making his you know the beginning of his singles career. Um, she brought instant credibility. She got involved in all the matches. Um, the shenanigans on the outside and cheating to win. And I, she's, she was a tremendously talented performer overall, but I thought that pairing with Shawn Michaels just, I think when you can elevate someone else, I mean, she did it for everyone she managed, but as a couple, I, I just thought they were, they were pretty great together. So, so I'm, I'm sort of cheating and I'm going with two favorites. I'm going with Sherry and HBK and uh, Goldust and Marlena. What do you guys think? I think those are all excellent choices. And when you were breaking down your first, your first pick, Triple H and Stephanie, and the test situation, I'm listening to this and I'm wondering, do you have to give Triple H and Stephanie recognition as the most successful on-screen couple? Because that turned into a real-life couple and they're still together. You know, Randy and Liz were married for a period of time, but it didn't last. As far as we know, Stephanie and Triple H are doing just fine. Do you have to give the nod I, I, to most successful couple? I would say it's worked out pretty well for, for Paul Levesque at this point. So, yeah, I think you do. <laughs> yeah, that's very interesting. When you when an on-screen coupling becomes yeah. a real-life coupling and it, and it seems to be a match made in heaven, uh, to steal the term from a, from a Survivor Series gone, gone by, or SummerSlam, rather. Um, but, yeah, very interesting picks. Good choices all around, I think. All right, boys. Uh, I'll let you get to some other callers. Thanks for taking my call, and uh, talk to you next week. Be good. Sounds good. Have a great weekend, man. Man, you know, so many good couples that I didn't even think about, Tommy, when I was when I was doing show prep this morning. Um, But it's interesting to see what resonates with fans and what kind of sticks in their memory as being something that was either impactful or seemingly just a just a misfit and kind of a waste of time. Yeah. Uh, Again, it's all subjective, right? There's really not a wrong answer. There's just, gee, there's dozens and dozens and dozens of absolutely fantastic couples that made for such intriguing, much-watched TV, including Edge and Lita. 
that those guys had unbelievable chemistry on air. That sex celebration they did on Raw that time. Uh, another one that we're we're not bringing up yet, or no one brought up yet, is Sensational Sherry. Any situation she was put in, she knocked it out of the park. Whether she was with the Macho Man when he was the Macho King, whether she was with Shawn Michaels who had just turned to heel after turning on Marty Jannetty, whether it was with Ted DiBiase as the Million Dollar Man, every role she was in, she was a prominent and huge part of that person's uh, character and gimmick at the time. And uh, she was a power couple for anyone she managed. Yeah, and what's interesting about her is I feel like the reason we connected so much with Elizabeth was because she came across as being kind of fragile and delicate and didn't really get involved inside the action, where Sensational Sherry was kind of the opposite. She was as tough-talking, could handle herself. Um, but, yeah, any situation she was in, you bought into it because she was so darn good at it. So it's interesting that on one hand we like the delicate fragileness of Elizabeth, but yet we still get behind and enjoy the, the tough and roughness of a Sherry. And so yeah, it's just interesting how they can play different uh, personalities in different situations and, and they can get us wrestling fans to truly buy in. Absolutely. All right, let's keep these calls rolling. Cause I'm telling you, Tommy, we've, we got so many calls on hold for this topic. It's, it's kind of surprising to me. So we're just going to keep them rolling uh, up next is a voice we haven't heard in a while, but uh, we're happy to hear it today. It's Tom from Parsippity joining in. Tom, good morning to you. Welcome to the conversation. Good morning, guys. How's everybody doing? Doing very hey, well, Tom, sir. What's How up, are brother? You? You're bleeding. You're bleeding, <laughs> man. Hey, just don't, I, you know, I had, to, I had to email you, Tommy, about those tickets. I can't wait to get my tickets to WrestleCon. I'm so excited. I saw you got Vladimir coming. I met him many years ago. I'm so psyched for the event, man, so I'm looking forward to it. Ah, uh, thank you, man. I was just about to announce anyone out there that didn't see on 80 Wrestling Con social media yesterday, we are doing a 80s Wrestling Lifetime Achievement Award for WWE Superfan Vladimir. Now, uh, just a few months back on Peacock, they released the unbelievable documentary on him. And anyone that hasn't had that opportunity to see that yet, I urge you to go watch it. We are going to give him the Lifetime Achievement Award at 80s Wrestling Con and Here's the cool part, Tom and Jay. He doesn't even know about it. So Mike Johnson from PW Insider, who's a good buddy of mine, uh, is one of Vladimir's best friends. And uh, we're going to surprise him with this award at 80s Wrestling Time because he doesn't have social media. So it's going to be a hush-hush situation. And I promise you, it is going to be super, super special. I'm very excited about it. Wow. That's, that's great because, you know what, I, I saw the documentary. I'm looking up at Peacock. I saw it. It brought back a lot of memories, and uh, I know he wasn't doing too well. So that's that's a fantastic uh, honor, and I commend you for uh, for uh, you know uh, honoring him on that date. I can't wait, uh, Tommy. Uh, Jay, I hope you're well uh, doing uh, doing well too in Minnesota. But uh, my uh, topic today, getting on the topic of uh, love and everything, I'm going to throw a curveball at you guys. What about here's a couple here, here's a couple that. Uh, not necessarily was a couple, but uh, in the mind of the ravishing one, ravishing Rick Rue, about him and uh, and, she- and uh, Cheryl Roberts. Mm. When he put the when he put the tights and he got that whole going, that whole angle was amazing. With Jake, he put uh, put Cheryl's face on his tights, and uh, he went to kiss her and got slapped and all that. And that was one of the best feuds I think. That was one of the best feuds ever. That was fantastic. 
I think that catapulted Rick Rude to a whole nother level in the sport. So what, what do you guys think, the one with uh, Cheryl, Jake, and uh, the ravishing one? I love it. Listen, you're not going to get any argument from us. That is one of the, the greatest storylines and such a heel move to, to airbrush your opponent's wife on, the, on your trunks like that and to swivel your hip. Yeah. I mean, you want to talk about a love triangle. That is something that uh, got everyone's attention and such a heat move for ravishing Rick Rude. And, yeah, catapulted that feud to the next level for sure. That's an excellent pick for today. Absolutely. I tell you, Rude, I tell you, he was, he was I think, him and a macho man. Rick was one of my all-time favorites. He just, the things he did were just so amazing and, and ahead of its time. And, uh, you know, that, that feud was, was amazing. And then, um, you know, then he went on the feud with Piper after that. But, uh, you know, that I always thought that the year brush with the Cheryl Roberts was awesome. And that was great. And, uh, you know, it was fantastic. So that's, that's my one. It wasn't officially a couple, but, you know, in the ravishing one's mind, it certainly was. So. Well said. Yeah, I, I dig it, man. Thanks for bringing that to today's topic. No problem. And, guys, take care of yourself. I'll talk to you soon. Tommy, don't forget those tickets. You're going to mail them next month, I hope. <laughs> yes, sir. And, listen, also, we're, we're doing a live episode of 80s Wrestling, the podcast, at 80s Wrestling Con, and we're going to have our regulars uh, be a part of the episode as well. So I know you're going to be there, so definitely find us. You're going to be a part of that episode as well, my friend. Oh, thank you so much, Tom. Thank you so much. And Jay, or Jay, are you making it out this year? My plan is to be there. Yes, baby. All right. Looking forward to it. I can't wait, guys. Warmer days, springs on the way. WrestleCon 5. Let's do it. There you go. Well said, Tom. Thank you awesome, so much man. for joining in. It was good to hear from right, you. Thank- you too, guys. Be well. And Tommy, don't forget, man, I think yesterday or this past week was the anniversary. You're bleeding. <laughs> Later, man. Awesome. Bye, man. Take care. Bye. Yeah, Rick Rude, man, trying to steal uh, show Roberts, Roberts out from underneath Jake the Snake. Man, that's a, that's a very memorable storyline indeed. Yes, and also uh, another very interesting storyline is when your Uncle Jimmy tried to pick up Rockin' Robin uh, back in her WWF run. <laughs> oh, I'm just kidding around. <laughs> Oh, God, I'm, I'm fucking going crazy, man. I'm over here sending out emails, and I'm getting every three seconds, I'm up again popping at me. I'm just about to take my head and knock it up against the wall. So just having a little fun. But uh, Tom's great. Uh, for, for the story that anyone that uh, said that bleeding, he knows that in, in, in past episodes, I mentioned that one of my favorite angles ever is when, you know, uh, Andre ripped off Hogan's cross and then, Piper looked at him and said, "You're bleeding." And then he saw me at he saw me at Edie's Wrestling Con a couple of years back, and I must have I must have did something where I walked into something or hit something, and my leg was bleeding. I had no idea. So he walked past me. He stopped me. He goes, "Tommy," he goes, "You're bleeding." And I looked down. I was bleeding. <laughs> so that's that's the backstory on that. Uh, yeah, great moment. And then, yeah, every time he calls, he remembers to say it. So I absolutely love that. And uh, don't forget to send him his tickets, man. He seems like he wants those tickets. So send him the tickets or you might be them. bleeding the next time you see him. Uh, up next on the <laughs> no, no, no. And... I might be, ble- I might, I might be yeah, bleeding exactly. if I don't send it up to him. Exactly. I think he was low-key threatening you uh, with a smile, which 
is a great way to do it. But uh, up next on the Rock and Wrestling Slam line, it's time to venture north of the border. It's time to talk with David from Canada. David, welcome, sir. Hey, guys. How you doing? Fantastic, hey, brother. Up, how are man? you? Good, good. Um, we're supposed to get a snowstorm today. We'll see if that actually happens or not. But we've had, like, Uh-oh. it's been like living in Vancouver up here this winter. It's been rainy. And we have had hardly we any just, snow. We just got... We we just got one here. Uh, we just got one here two days ago. We got about thirteen inches. Oh geez. Oh my word. That's significant. So I it would is. say that uh, my favorite uh, couple, like we were talking about best, um, it, we, anything with Miss Elizabeth. Well, not anything. Let's put it this way: Miss Elizabeth and Randy Savage is number yes. one by far, no questions. Because for two, and I'll give you maybe something that hasn't been talked about yet. Obviously, we know the the couple in WWE the mega power storyline and how that came to an end and everything like that. Right. But she also ended up being, you know, the on-screen couple in WCW as well and continued that, uh, you know, with the NWO and and Randy Savage in the NWO. And I feel like that's something that uh, is missed out too, right. That she had, that she had like the longevity, right. As, as that, you know, in storylines in, in different promotions. Right, it wasn't quite as good in WCW as it was. I mean, it wasn't really close, but it was still kind of that, you know, that she was there, and and it was kind of cool to see to see that happen there. Um, the other one, I think I would the other two I would list on my best uh, would be um, DDP and Kimberly mm-hmm. in WCW, and, which I felt was you know they like yeah they were off screen couple as well. They were also an on screen couple, but I think you know the fact that they had you know, the the double couple thing with Randy Savage and Miss Elizabeth and WCW as well, and kind of that rivalry worked really well um, and allowed for some good feuds uh, for DDP. And then also, I think Booker T and Charmel, another real-life couple, uh, when, you know, he was King Booker and she was Queen Charmel in the WWE, I think uh, worked really well. And then the one I'll get, just so I can give you a worst, uh, we'll go with Randy Savage as well. Randy Savage and Gorgeous George in WCW. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's hard because uh, even in the WCW days for Elizabeth, she did have her little thing with the NWO and Macho Man, but then they ended up putting her because of the real-life relationship with her and Luger, and that just didn't seem to go well on camera either. I think we no. we put Elizabeth and Macho Man in our mind, they're just synced together. So whenever you see one of them in a relationship with somebody else, something inside you just like, it doesn't match up. And so whether exactly. it was Randy uh, or Elizabeth with somebody else, it just didn't match up in our eyes. And so I think that was problematic. But yeah, I think you're right. I think the longevity of the Randy and Liz story, and I think they just captured us early on. And so forever they're tied to each other in wrestlers, in, in the fans' minds. And so anything else just seems out of place. Yeah, Exactly. Very good, brother. Yeah, thank you so much for calling in and weighing in. You brought up uh, some good ones, the DDP Kimberly one. It seems like maybe if if they had real life romance, that maybe it it trans it transferred over to on camera better than those that they just kind of forced together for storyline purposes. Because a lot of the ones that people are saying today are ones that had something off camera as well as just on. Yeah, and yeah. you know, it's, it's it's one of those things where like. That won't work for everybody, right? Like, you know what I mean? Like, sometimes, like, yeah, you're you're great in real life, but on camera, there's no chemistry, 
Right, but for those those yeah. couples, you know, the three that I mentioned as my as my best, right? They all, uh, you know, I, you know, I mean, yeah, the real life relationship broke up between two of the three, mm-hmm. uh, you know, but they did have that chemistry in in on screen. That was just something that that drew you too, right? I mean, the fact that like, you know, of all the couples that have happened in you know wrestling in any promotion, right? The, the, the immediately when you say couple and wrestling, I think Randy Savage and Miss Elizabeth. Yep, that's, that's, that's immediately my brain goes there. And Bam. I mean that was that like it was you know almost forty years ago. Mm-hmm. You know it's that crazy that we've had so much since, but that's the one that kind of stands out above everybody else. Yeah, that's definitely the measuring stick and the one that we have nostalgia for. And so yeah, I think you're right. I think it's it's Randy and Liz and then everybody else. All right, guys, great show as always. Uh, Tommy, thank you for your email today. Uh, I'll be responding soon, and you guys take care, and we'll talk to you soon. Sounds good, Dave. Thank you so much, brother. All right, take care. All right, the conversation just keeps rolling. There's been some great on-screen couples in the history of pro wrestling. There's also been some ones that just didn't make a whole lot of sense and left the fans kind of scratching their head. We're trying to cover the best and the worst on-screen couples today, and it's time to visit the firehouse tommy it's time for firefighter brian brian good morning sir help happy valentine's day good morning gentlemen how are you how's everything we're doing very well sir how are you doing did you have a good day yesterday um you know we didn't uh do too much we don't really uh celebrate valentine's day too much it was also ash wednesday so we were it was big more day. Concentrated that, you know staying away from the meat and getting our rashes and all that. So, uh, you know, we went we went out after the rashes. We went to a seafood restaurant, and that was, uh, that was basically it. So She didn't, uh, she didn't surprise uh, you with a dozen wrestling figures, a nice bouquet? <laughs> hey, good <laughs> one, Jay. The, the, the complete opposite, you know. She, no, you're done with wrestling figures, Brian, <laughs> is what you say. But uh, you know, speaking of which, uh, you know what I got? I got two questions before. Well, one thing. Uh, first things first. I just want to say quick. My wife, of all people, sent me this. I don't know how she found this. Um, apparently, uh, Marty Janetti's doctor has told him that his leg needs to be amputated. Mm-hmm. And uh, all the best to him. You know, our prayers are with him. I know. Uh, you know, Marty has done a lot of work with you, Tommy, and a lot of people in this community, and then this. Uh, area that we live in Tommy have uh, met him at least once and I have a couple times and um, you know we uh, a lot of us have seen his dark side the ring which uh, was very depressing and uh, you know just uh, praying all the best for him you know you don't wish that on on, uh, on anybody and and I wanted to ask you know uh, I'm sure a lot of us if not all of us have heard about the news coming out of last week Billy Jack Kane's camp that uh, mm-hmm. you know he fatally uh, shot his wife. What I wanted to ask uh, Tommy, maybe you know this since you uh, since you sell wrestling merchandise. What does this do? Because he only has one figure, and that's the LJN. What does this do to the value of that figure, which is already expensive to begin with? Does it kill the value because of you know him fatally shooting somebody, or does it? make it go up because now it's pretty much a done deal that pretty safe to say 
you'll never see a, a figure made of him again. But what sure. does it do uh, to the value of the figure? I, I'll give you the, 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 the smartest and the easiest and probably the most uh, normal answer, not normal, but the most probably level-headed answer that I can possibly give is, whatever Matt Cardona says it's worth, right? <laughs> so Matt goes okay. on his podcast and says, man, this fucking figure is sought after now, right? I think the value of it go up big time. I mean, everyone, and they control that market now, those guys, as far as what's hot, what's popular. Uh, so, yeah, that, that would be my answer on that. I mean, I, I still think no matter what, LJN, especially mid on card, are going to go for a lot of money. Uh, remember a couple weeks back when I said about not having the Vince LJN, or someone said about not having the Vince LJN figure anymore. I think it was Matt. Uh, I, I don't see the value of that going down of anything, and especially right. when he passes away one day, that the value of that is going to go up tremendously. So uh, yeah, I don't I don't think it'll hurt the price of it at all. Uh, I know it right. sounds fucked. I, I know it sounds fucked up that someone's going to want to buy an action figure of someone just shot and killed his wife, but. I, I don't think that the value will go down. I think those LJNs, they just they're just they keep going up in price every every right. every year. Yeah, I mean, listen, I'm not going to get it because I support what he did. I'm going to get it because I like want the collection, you know. So, uh, and the uh, uh, so so let's get let's get into uh, the couples here. Um, you know what, Jay, you hit the nail on the head. You know, just like you know with last week, heel champions, there's Ric Flair and there's everybody else. Wrestling talk shows, there's Piper's Pit, and there's everything else. Couples, it's not, you know, a few, uh, back in the WWE Network days, they had a show called Top Ten, and they did a top ten of all-time couples. And they put Macho Man and Elizabeth at number two and Edge and Lita at number one. And I think we could all smell the bullshit from a mile away. That is nothing short <laughs> of political bullshit, okay? It begins and ends with the two of them. They, you know, granted, yeah, I mean, people trash Elizabeth, you know, she was a terrible interview, she had no personality, whatever. It worked, and it did make money, and you know what? She pretty much set the tone for valets, you know? I mean, she wasn't the first, she wasn't the last, but she changed it, and she changed the role of the valet. And uh, them and there's everybody else. The better couples are the ones that are married in real life or dating in real life. You know, Booker T. Shamel, somebody Mm -hmm. uh, mentioned. Uh, Chris Candido and Tammy Lynn Sitch, you know, Mm -hmm. before shit hit the fan. Great couple. I mean, if you get around to watching this stuff, it's Smoky Mountain. Fan, Tammy, it's just so sad what happened to her. She was such a talented woman, and he was a great wrestler. Um, another couple, a married couple that, unfortunately, WWE just didn't want to get behind, and then she got pregnant, and it all fell apart. Mike and Maria Kanellis loved that angle and loved the theme song, too. Um, but then, um, you know, so there have been some good ones, but again, it all starts. And then, oh, and another good one I want to mention. A great one that, again, eventually WWE just decided they'd had enough and needed to break them up, and it was a horrific angle, and that is Rusev and Lana. Hmm. Um, great couple. Um, and, again, these had they had something going on, you know, behind the scenes. And, you know, 
that couple, they got so big. He comes out in his first WrestleMania, he comes to the ring on a fucking tank. And then, unfortunately, you know, they break them up. They get Bobby Lashley involved, Dolph Ziggler, Summer Rae. It was, you know, I think it made uh, Russell Kraft's uh, Gooker Award, you know, worst thing of the year that year. So they just destroyed that. And now, you know, AEW signs CJ. Instead of putting them together immediately, you know, have an angle that went nowhere. She ended up uh, managing Andrade, who went back to WWE. So, uh, so yeah, so those, uh, those ones I like. And as far as the ones I didn't like, I'll say something interesting about Mark Henry and, and, and Mae Young. I was at the 2000 Royal Rumble, okay? You wouldn't believe the reaction Mae Young got when she came out and showed her puppies, okay? She, during that time, she had the, uh, the bi- biggest ratings on Raw, Okay. But as far as my vote for worst couple of all time, and this may be a doozy, a lot of people will call this the best, Stephanie and Triple H. And I'll tell you why. Because this came right after, you know, the Attitude Era. We're now in 2000. You know, Austin is hurt. Rock is making movies. This leaves Triple H. And it was all Triple H all the time. It was the same shit every single week. He and Stephanie ruling the show. DX comes in. They they Every show's ended with DX always coming out on top, beating everybody up. Nobody, uh, that's what killed NWO Overkill. NWO Overkill. WCW never, ever won. Same thing with here. So I think they did. And what's scary is I was always scared the uh, shitless of them running WWE after Vince. Um, you know, when Vince unretired, we all wish that the Triple H and Stephanie were still running the show. The things changed. But again, the 2000 version of McMahon Helmsley era, just way too much overkill and buried a lot of good wrestlers. And somebody mentioned, you know, uh, George Steele, Elizabeth, and, and Macho Man. Well, DDP, Kimberly, and Dave Sullivan might have been even worse. Hmm. So uh, I know I mentioned a lot. What, what do you guys think I have to say? Yeah, you gave us a lot. You get a lot of food for thought there, uh, Firefighter Brian. And, yeah, the Triple H Stephanie is an interesting take because they were brought up earlier in the show as being maybe one of the most successful com- couples because you got to look at they're still together in real life, uh, and hopefully things are going well for them. Um, on-screen storytelling is interesting because you're right. There, there was an era where that was all we saw and that they kind of dominated the storylines. So that's an interesting take. Tommy, what's your take on the, on the Triple H Stephanie, especially in that era that he's referencing, kind of the, the post-attitude where they're just kind of being uh, seen all over the shows? Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm opposite of that. I, I thought that it was – entertaining TV. I thought that uh, I think it was different at the time because for years, Stephanie McMahon was just known as Miss McMahon's little daughter. And all of a sudden, she's grown up and she's defying her father, right? So I, I, I liked it. And I, and I think that they are one of uh, 
the power couples. Everything else you said, though, is spot on, 100%. And, and the Rusev thing is interesting because, uh, and I think I might have mentioned this in a past episode, uh, sometimes, you know, WWE, where they don't want you to be as big of a star as you're becoming, they de- they de- push you. So, hold on, this, this, as, you, as you can see, I'm here at the Rock and Wrestling Collector. The, uh, the phone is ringing. We put on mute, sorry. Uh, and, and, and they de-push it. So, like, remember when they came, up with the, they came out with the Rusoff Day shirts, and I remember them being so popular. I remember looking out in the crowd and just seeing a sea of those shirts. And the fans were behind him so big, and then I guess it was bigger than they wanted him to be because then they, you know, they, they, they pushed him. And, and, and I know this is off topic of what we're talking about, but uh, oh. you bringing up his name, him, him, you bringing up his name just made me think of that. And I don't really see them doing much of anything with him in AEW, right? Not much. I, haven't, I can't remember the last time I've seen either of them. And also, I also, uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, one day, you know, he, he winds back up there as well. But uh, I don't know, it was, it was always surprising to me because at one point, like you said, you look in the crowd and you saw those, and there was, those shirts were colorful too. You saw them everywhere you looked. And right. uh, it always makes me scratch my head how, I, I mean, you can see this about a lot of guys. Like, look at Mr. Kennedy when he was in WWE. And again, we're changing topics. Mr. Kennedy. He was starting to get super popular, right? And now uh, a modern-day example is L.A. Knight, right? L.A. Knight is super popular. Let's see if they go with him, if they try and fizzle him out a little bit in the upcoming months. It'll be interesting to see how they book him in the next six months. Absolutely. Yeah, listen, I wouldn't be surprised to see anybody go back to WWE. Um, you know, I just don't know. You know, AEW, their pay-per-views are terrific. Just It, it just seems to be a lot of... Uh, problems with the management and you're seeing one by one uh aew wrestlers going to wwe or going back to wwe and you know one more couple that's forgotten about is and this was a couple that was really getting popular and for whatever reason wwe just said all right enough it ran its course when it really didn't and that was Spike Dudley and Molly Holly. Um, they were really popular. And in fact, they opened the Monday Night Raw one week. And then Austin and his heel turn that killed his merchandise sales, um, you know, comes in, trashes the both of them, stunts Molly, and basically kills the whole thing. So, uh, you know, it's like you to uh, prove your point, Tommy. They just, you know, they make their decisions no matter what anybody thinks. So yeah, it, hey, uh, listen real quick. I don't, yeah. I don't mean to jump on, on top of what you're saying right now. Oh, Hold put. Do not do not leave there. I'm about to give everyone, including Jumping Jay, a Valentine's Day present. Oh, advertised. I, I know what it is. I'm advertised, and we're gonna make for some podcast. Talk right now, Jumpin' Jay. I want oh, you to patch right. in our next our next caller. I want you to patch oh, sure. in the next caller because for the first time ever, it is going to be a Saint Valentine's Day massacre right here on '80s Wrestling the podcast. Because for the first time ever, live on the air, Firefighter Brian and Toto Tom. Toto Tom, welcome to '80s Wrestling the podcast. You're on live with 
Firefighter Brian. Good morning, Tom. It's a great introduction, but can you do me a favor, Jumping Jim? Can you just say the the leader of the front row mafia, Totowatong? That's that's uh, how that was that's, he's talking, Tom. That was Tommy doing the intro. He's got that soulful voice, man. Tommy, you wanna you wanna hit him with his moniker? Sure. And you're going face to face with the number one fan in the history of ISPW wrestling, the six star caller. Uh, a lot of back and forth when you guys are on the program every week, but never at the same time. So we are going to have a St. Valentine's Massacre right here and right now. Ding, ding. And the leader, yeah, he's the still leader get it. of the front yeah. row mafia. You still on that? Come on, what's your point? Come on, dump with the mafia. Come on, what's your point? Let's go. It's all about Total Wisconsin. It's all about Total Wisconsin. I will say this. Last week, Brian, you were on the show for 22 minutes. What was interesting is that the first 10 minutes was you talking wrestling, and then the final 12 minutes was you trying to say goodbye. <laughs> well, yeah, oh. listen, I, I wish I had nothing better to do in my life than to time people's phone calls. I'm working, and I yeah, have Esmeralda. Esmeralda, Esmeralda is the one who times you every week. You know my assistant. Who the hell is Esmeralda? <laughs> Esmeralda takes hey, care of all the bookings. He I, makes sure that hey, jumping makes sure that that paycheck comes every week for me when I'm on this show, and for all my other appearances. <laughs> Hey, Tom, I don't real, know what drug you're on, but I'm gonna if you don't give me any. So listen, the and I'm sure no one has said this yet, but the number one couple in pro wrestling is Randy Savage and Elizabeth. <laughs> no, we've only said about a hundred times, Tom. <laughs> okay. Thank you, Captain Obvious. Number two is Chuck and Billy. They got married. Oh. TV. All right. You know what? No, he's right. Go ahead, Tom. Go ahead. No, that's a good point. Okay. No, they were also, on Howard Stern. They were on the Today Show. No, that's a good. That that got a lot of press. Okay. Okay. Can you stop talking? Because my this is my spot. Okay. This is your problem. Well, then you make a with... good point. Go make a good point. Go. Come on. You already made me on a roll. You made Billy and Chuck. Come on. Number three. Come hey, listen. on. Uh, I'm, I'm going to jump in. I'm going to jump in real quick. I, I only got you guys on for a second just because I wanted to announce that at 80s Wrestling Con, you're going to see this bickering continue between Toto Tom and Firefighter Brian because they're going one on one in the 2024 80s Wrestling Con Pro Wrestling Trivia Contest, and oh, okay. uh, these are the two contestants going one on one with each other. So you guys both better do your homework between now. And May the fourth, Brian. I'm gonna let uh, we're gonna let you go this week and let Tom finish it up. Thank you very much. And you are officially oh. in the pro wrestling trivia contest at 80s Wrestling Con against Toto with Tom. Looking forward to it, guys. Have a good one. Good talking to you, and I'll talk to you next week. Sounds good, Brian. Thank you so much, man. All right, jumping Jim. Can we please start my call again? The leader of the front row mafia, 
the leader of the Front Row Mafia, Toto Tom. Thank you. Okay. Um, what's funny is that, Tommy, you must be clairvoyant because a few weeks ago, I told you I was traveling on business to Italy that weekend for 80s Wrestling Con, and I was upset I wasn't going to be able to make it this year. And a couple of weeks ago, I said on this airwave that I have a special announcement to make regarding 80s Wrestling Con, and that special announcement, I was going to wait, but now that you've already signed me up and booked me for this trivia contest with Fireman Brian, my big announcement is Total with Tom will be at 80s Wrestling Con this year. My bookings in Italy fell through, but that's okay. And I will be there, and I can't wait to – I think it'll be a third year that we'll be working together. Yeah, I think it's, a, it's our number three, at least, um, that I'll be there, and I, and I can't wait to be able to help you out. Um, I'll be at the Wrestling Collector also that Thursday where we have our, you know, 80s Wrestling Con meet and greet. Awesome. Now, well, listen, this, I, I, hate to, I hate to tell you this, but the reason why your job canceled your trip to Italy, I actually reached out to them and told them that 80s wrestling kind of only happens once a year, and I know that you against Firefighter Brian would be a big draw for 80s wrestling con, so I asked them to push your first time ever trip to Italy that you were extremely looking forward to to the fall, so I hope that's okay. My ancestors can wait. They can wait. They've waited 40, 50 years. They can wait another 50. As far as wrestling couples go, I really like the storyline that love changes what happens in real life. And how it happens in movies when actors and actresses work together, and it happens also in pro wrestling. The three that come to my mind are, of course, Stephanie and Triple H, because the angle was Stephanie was with Test, Triple H kidnaps her, he takes her to Vegas. They get married against her will. Lo and behold, in real life, they become a couple. My second example is Edge and Lita. Behind the scenes, it was Matt Hardy and Lita who were together. And then they ran the storyline with Edge and Lita. And what happens? They become a couple. And lastly, we have Kevin Sullivan and Woman. They ran a storyline in WCW for Chris Benoit. Gets in between Kevin Sullivan and woman. And, of course, what happens in real life, they become a couple and they get married. Those are the ones that intrigue me the most, that love conquers all, even in the, uh, as you could say, at the scripted world of professional wrestling. Those are the moments in the couples that Total Tom loves. Absolutely. And, I, and real quick, Toto Tom, you'll agree with this. Another one of the power couples, at least in this area and on this podcast, are the Stromboli sisters. That's a power couple. Most definitely. I, can't want, I cannot wait to see the Stromboli sisters March 15th at Hackettstown High School. I have not seen them since last year. Toto Tom is looking very forward to two weekends of the Stromboli sisters in a row, March 15th and March 22nd. Absolutely, man. Toto with Tom, appreciate you as always, my man, and uh, I will see you hopefully very, very soon. Out!
I tell you what, Tommy, on-screen on screen romances has twists and turns, but I don't think they can touch the twists and turns that just took place in the last seven minutes of this show with, <laughs> with Firefighter Brian and Toto with Tom going at it. Uh, and then Tom showing a little bit of a softer side there at the end, talking about yeah. love, conquer, and all. Man. Hey, you like, you like how, I, uh, how I tried to uh, get a cheap plug in there for 80s Wrestling Con by getting heat between those two guys and – have them fight with each other. Now our listeners are going to want to see those guys take each other on in that uh, trivia contest. Listen, I'm going to be honest. Both Firefighter Brian and Total with Tom have skills on the microphone, and they can dish it out, and they can both take it. And so it's very entertaining, and I can't wait to see what happens. Uh, there, there's got to be a, a twist on, you know, uh, WrestleMania Five was when the, the mega powers exploded. There's definitely going to be an explosion when uh, Firefighter Brian and Total Tom come face-to-face at uh, 80s Wrestling Con 5, that's for sure. <laughs> Absolutely, man. And, and I'm excited to get our show and podcast and more, in, uh, more into the flow of 80s Wrestling Con this year. Like I said, me and you, Jay, we are going to be hosting a live episode of 80s Wrestling, the podcast at 80s Wrestling Con with legendary... Bill After and George Apolitano, we're going to be talking all about the pro wrestling magazines of the 80s. All our regulars are going to be there, and uh, everyone that's there can ask questions as well. It's going to be super cool. And then we're going to do a 80s wrestling trivia contest between Totoa Tom and Firefighter Brian. I, myself, would buy a ticket to see that, Jack. Yeah, that's going to be uh, an intense competition no doubt and i know firefighter brian's already wanting us to make sure that the buzz in buttons work because that was his big you know earlier we talked about reasons versus excuses firefighter brian said that he got blown out of the water because his buzzer didn't work so we'll have to see what happens at 80s wrestling con 5 yeah man absolutely and tickets are available now head over to 80s wrestling con.com 80s wrestling con dot com and get your tickets and photo ops and autograph tickets now they are available again 80s wrestling con dot com our next two ispw shows place in march on march the 15th we're going to be in hackettstown high school in hackettstown new jersey it is ispw presents have a nice day wwe hall of famer mick foley will be the special guest general manager for the night. I am super pumped for this, Jay. Uh, Ringside is already sold out. Uh, general tickets, uh, general mission tickets remain. The following week, no, no breathing in March, the following week we are going to be going back to the Totowa PAL in Totowa, New Jersey, for the 30-man golden ticket rumble. It's WWF Royal Rumble-style match every minute, another uh, participant enters whoever wins wins the golden ticket briefcase for an opportunity to cash in for a ISPW heavyweight title shot for a year that winner their contract becomes valid on May the 7th of 2024 as the current golden ticket holder Ray Kalitri who currently holds that briefcase has not officially cashed in his golden ticket, yet he has between now and May the 6th to do that. So uh, tickets are available for that as well. You can get a link from the ISPW Wrestling's website 
uh, later today to uh, get that. And this Saturday, Jay, uh, this Saturday we're going to have uh, Typhoon at the Rock and Wrestling Collector Store located on Route 23 in Stockholm, New Jersey. He will be here this Saturday from 11 to 2, and we have in stock his new WWE Elite Figures. And anyone out there that doesn't live uh, in the area that is interested in either an Elite uh, Figure signed by Typhoon or having a, a special package, it's called the Three Faces of Fred. You get an autographed picture of Typhoon, a shock and tugboat for 50 bucks. Either one you guys are interested in, just shoot me a message at the Wrestling Collectors, uh, the, the Rock and Wrestling Collectors social media, or on 80s Wrestling. I'll, I'll get them on one of them, and, and I'll get it up for you. So uh, that's going to be this Saturday, Typhoon at the Rock and Wrestling Collector. Jump into any big plans this weekend? Listen, nothing as big as what you got going on, man. Typhoon is one of my favorite uh, bad guy, big guys of all times. And I got to meet him at one of your 80s wrestling con. One of the nicest guys uh, you'll ever meet. Uh, And, I mean, it's interesting. He is the uncle of uh, Cody Rhodes. And so maybe you'll get some inside information on uh, if, if Cody will get to finish the story or not when you're chatting with him. Hey, Jay, you know what? I, all kidding aside, I was like kidding about the Valentine's gift with uh, with the, those two guys going at it at the end of the broadcast. But I would like to give you a Valentine's present because you are, we're talking about power couples, right? Me and you are the power couple here on <laughs> 80s Wrestling, the podcast. So I am literally, right now as we speak, I have a case of those Typhoon figures and I'm taking one out and I'm putting it to the side. No I'm going to have him sign one for you. I'm going to have him sign one for you personally this Saturday and ship it out to you. That is killer, brother. Thank you so much. That is, that is unbelievable. That'll, that'll go. You want it? Do you want it personalized or no? Oh, either way. I'm good either way. You know, I'm one of these guys that, man, I don't plan on ever selling any of my wrestling stuff. They can, you know, my kids can do what they want with it once I'm, once I'm gone. And so I don't mind if it says my name or doesn't either way. Well, I'll I'll, I'll have it not to your name in case your, uh, your son, Sells all your shit one day. There, which he probably <laughs> will. Which he probably will. And good for him. Well, yeah, man. I just put one aside, so I'll get that for oh, you. Yeah. And I'll give you. I'll You're get the you, best. I'll get to the three faces. I'll get to the three faces of Fred man. as well. Uh, again, anyone out there, you live, if you live in the New Jersey area, come out this Saturday to Rock and Wrestling Collector, Route 23, Stockholm, New Jersey, 11 to 2. Typhoon will be here. If you don't live in the area, interested in an elite figure or a uh, three faces of Fred signed free photo combo, shoot us a message on our store or 80s wrestling uh, social media. Guys, hope you have a great day. Jumpin' J, have a great weekend, and we'll catch you here next week on 80s Wrestling, the podcast.